0: Love, Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. Hope everybody is having just a phenomenal day. You know, this is the, uh, the last day I'm in town for a couple of days, flying up to Rostelli Direct. I'm going to eat some shrimp and steak dinner and apple pie. I tell you what, that company is hilarious. Uh, they are doing phenomenally well, and I think that's the exciting part. But today we're, we're still in John Maxwell's book, ethics 101, what every leader needs to know. I had somebody from my past write me yesterday, and, and, and it's somebody that has been hurt in our relationship over the years and was, you know, one of those kind of people that they hold grudges, they they can't, I mean, I've apologized over and over and over for the pain that I caused them many years ago, and yet they still hold on to that. And I think there are some people out there that there's no way around them holding on to the pain. But it made me think you know, how many relationships in our lives have been stretched, shattered, or torn? And whereas we have grown as an individual, we have realized our mistakes, our sins, if you will, at the same time, others want to hold on to that pain. That's all they have is the bitterness inside of them that keeps them going and they do it with everybody it's always everybody else's fault and I thought man just how timely is this I was on a call yesterday with some leaders who were were seeking answers to a decision they were making and and we shared and we talked and I gave them some of my opinions and insights and told them the best thing I can do for you is just pray that the Lord will guide you in the decision that you need to make See, sometimes, as John says, it all starts and ends with the golden rule. But the golden rule starts with us. In chapter 3, the golden rule begins with you. John looks at this. We're going to dig deep into this today. It'll be a fast-paced 30 minutes. But this book is is it's so small. I carry it with me. I study it. I, ethics is important to me, the character in which we live. For many years, I took, took, took. Spend the rest of my life giving back to people, doing the best that I can. Lord knows that that I hope it becomes profitable somewhere along the lines. But in the meantime, we're going to share as much as we can with as many people as we can. John opens up his book with something Zig Ziglar has written him many years ago. He says, "I believe the reason we had so many outstanding leaders in the earliest part." Of our country's history is the fact that according to the Thomas Jefferson Research Institute In those days When the men you were mentioning were growing up And he was writing this after listening to a, a tape John had written, He goes over 90% of the education thrust was on moral, ethical and religious nature And yet by the 50's the percentage of the same educational thrust Was so small it could not be measured I wonder if that's the reason 3 million Americans in 1776 produced Washington, Madison, Jefferson, Hamilton, Adams, etc. And why in the year 2002 we have no one to equal the men of that caliber. See, over the years when you look at it, ethics, morals, religious theology is nothing but but partially a, a past history. Because the minority that want to go out there and do their own thing and talk about situational ethics have kind of taken over. And I believe it's time that no matter what industry you're in, no matter where you're at in life, inside the church, outside the church, in business, in your home, that it's time we take back and realize that our life has to start with an equity. Ex- ethical foundation. See, a strong moral education comes from people that say, you know what? We love freedom, but we know freedom is not free. We love being able to do our own thing, but we realize that you you have to have some foundation in which to do it, otherwise it would just be chaos. John uses the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. One small sentence that can set you on a path that can change your life forever. But since so many people in today's world don't receive this foundation, it's up to you and I to start living it. This conversation I had yesterday, somebody said, you really think that one man can change the way network marketing is viewed by raising the standards of expectation? And I said, yes, I do. And I believe that it's not just one man, but I believe that one man can lead a tribe, and that tribe will take over, and they'll start to raise the standards within their each each of their companies, within their own organizations. And I believe it starts right here with the golden rule. See, it's time that we figure out what it is, and there's ten things that we're going to cover today. Because if you understand human nature, if you understand what each and every human being God ever created really wants deep inside, then you can start in your own little part of the world to start making this thing happen the way it's supposed to. See, ask yourself this question. Write it down and look at it daily. How do I want to be treated? If I go around treating Paige the way I want to be treated... I'm probably going to be treated by her the way I want to be treated. If I go around treating her like trash, then she's probably going to treat me with trash, like trash. Matter of fact, a little side note, women love to be loved and men love to be respected. And if you can put both of those on one and figure out how to respect your husband, no matter what stage of life they're in, then in most cases, by principles, they will love you the way you need to be loved, and vice versa. I mean, this is just the way it works. But today, listen to what John writes here. He says, I believe that all people at their core are very much likable. Talk to individuals of any age, gender, race, or nationality, and they all have certain things in common. And once you identify those common characteristics, recognizing them first in yourself and then in others, you hold the key that will unlock the golden rule. Let's talk about these in the next few minutes. Number one, I want to be valued. Each and every person that was ever created wants to be valued. They want to feel like they can accomplish something. John puts in a statistic, 70% of the people who leave their jobs do so because they do not feel valued. Think about this. You're building a network marketing organization, you wonder why the attrition rate is sixty to seventy to eighty percent in your organization. It's because people don't feel valued. And you may be saying, But Troy, we have the greatest training out there. I I, I tell you what, there's a lot of motivational training out there. There's a lot of, of quote unquote leadership training out there. But I have yet to run across somebody that is focused in 100% on getting people to feel the way they're supposed to feel inside, to figure out what that limiting belief is, what pains they've gone through to help them grow. That's the thing. Can you help? Can you do that? What can you do? See, this is the key. If everybody else wants to be valued, don't you think you want to be valued? Think about it for a minute. How how valuable do you feel right now within your own within your own home, within your own team, within within your company? Are you a CEO valuing your downline distributors? Are you distributors valuing the company? See, there's not a person in this world that doesn't want to feel valued b k Baraco over at twenty one or over at uh, Vima has done a phenomenal job at this. He calls his field force brand partners. He wants them to feel like they're a part of he values them. I talked to a couple over the weekend. they'd flown in to talk to b k They are looking for a new home. They'd gone out to lunch. They came back when they got back. BK sat down and said, hey, I have something I think you guys will like. I think this will motivate your team. It was pretty phenomenal. Bam, 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 and it was done. See, founders desire to keep their best people. Field leaders value to keep their best people. Distributors at the the entry levels are wanting to grow and to build and to do something. And if we can all... Give others the value that we want to get. Then it would come back to us. Jeff Hooks, a top leader over at Vima, had left a while back, wanted to see if the pastors were greener on the other side, and very quickly realized that B.K. Bereko and the team at Vima was like the family he, he always wanted. They valued him more than the other organization, and he came back home. Valuing others not for what they can do but simply because they are human beings is the foundation of the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them to unto you. The second thing that we all as humans want is we want to be appreciated. The desire to be loved and valued is perhaps the deepest need in every person. But closely related is the need for, uh, for us to be appreciated for what we do. You want your team to grow and you want your, appreci- or your uh, attrition to go down? Appreciate your team. Party plan companies are better at this. Tupperware, Mary Kay, Pampered Chef, Arbonne, they're better than we are at this in, in the traditional network marketing sense because they value the ladies from the host to the party attenders to the actual distributor putting on the the whole deal. It's amazing to me. See, when you go out there and you build it and you do it and people appreciate, and you develop your skill and you develop people and it gets better and better and better, all of a sudden you feel like you're part of a family. See, too many times as, as leaders, we start to be appreciated. We start to have our needs met by having people give us accolades, by seeing what's written in the paper about us, by seeing our pictures on video. And slowly, but surely, we tend to forget about the other people's needs. We make it our dog and pony show. And we can't do that. When we do that, we will sever relationships. We'll stop listening to those closest to us and we'll we'll get rid of them and surround ourselves with new people. John writes this, Begin by letting people know that you appreciate their efforts. Thank them at every opportunity. Give credit to others every time you can, and make it a point to praise people in the presence of those closest to them, such as friends and family. John Maxwell walks his walk. I remember in the early days of Catalyst, John might have one, maybe two at the beginning and the end times when he would talk, and he had all these other leaders up there. Towards the end, as he was getting ready to retire, and Andy Stanley was kind of taking his place, John would show up at the event and never speak. Praising others. We must walk our walk. Number three, we all want to be trusted. The Victorian writer George MacDonald said, to be trusted is a greater accompli- a comp- a compliment than to be loved. John writes in the in the, in the uh, Twenty-one laws of leadership that the law of solid ground states that trust is the foundation of leadership. While that is true, it cannot be said that trust is the foundation of all good relationships. Good marriages, good business, or it could be said, excuse me, it can be said that trust is the foundation of all good relationships. See, when you trust your spouse, when you trust your business partner, That builds that foundation. If you don't have trust, there can be no open and honest interaction. My wife and I, I'll give you a personal. We are still, after 24 years, growing our trust. It seems like each year we grow to trust each other more and we open up more with our own feelings, our own insecurities, our inhibitions, if you will. That's what I love about our relationship. If you want this, then you'll strive for it. See, the funny thing is that people who who engender trust, that means that people look at them and say, I can trust her. I can trust him. They're worthy. Here's what they get. They maintain integrity. They openly communicate vision and values. They show respect for employees as equal partners. They focused on shared goals rather than personal agenda. They do the right thing regardless of personal risk. They listen with an open mind. They demonstrate compassion. They maintain confidences. Maintain confidences. That's huge. If somebody's talking to you in a private conversation, I would never, if I was you, just go spout off stuff. If you're in a business relationship with a partner and you want that partnership to grow and your partner is talking to you about something, I'd advise you to keep your mouth shut and not go share it with the world. See, many times, whether it's a business relationship or a family relationship, I know men who have finally opened up to their spouses and then setting at work or sitting at a bar or over at the baseball field had another husband come up to them and say, hey man, my wife was telling me what your wife said. Worst thing that a woman can do. If a man opens up to his weaknesses to his wife, she better learn to keep her mouth shut. And vice versa. See, trust is something that once it is broken, can sever all relationships from that point forward. I have a good friend of mine, somebody that I pray for daily, somebody that I, I I watch from a distance. And I constantly pray, Lord, guide them, because they have so much influence inside our arena, and yet so many people have been hurt because those people's expectations didn't get fulfilled. And there's nothing either side can do. This just happens, but when there's a breakdown in trust, the odds of it coming back are going to be slim to none. Number four, I want to be respected. Now outside, let me let me let me tell you this right now. In business relationships, this is number four. In personal relationships with men, this is number one. Women want to be loved, men want to be respected. When they're not respected by their spouse, the rest just does not matter, and that's why divorce is as high as it is today. Because men will look elsewhere to get respect just like women will look elsewhere to get loved. That's just a side note. Number four, I want to be respected. John writes this, when others trust me, I receive responsibility and authority. When others respect me, it touches something deeper within me. It gives me dignity and it builds my confidence. A man who does not respect his own life and that of others robs himself of his dignity in his human being. See, we must learn to respect others. When we respect others, then the decisions we make will be based on the golden rule. Here's something that you guys might want to want to write down, just some little things. A little 23-year-old guy took over a church, big old church, and he was wondering, man, how am I going to lead these people? They're older than I am. So he jotted down these ten things, and these became his rules. Number one. If you have a problem with me, come to me privately. If I have a problem with you, I'll come to you privately. If someone has a problem with me and comes to you, send them to me and I'll do the same for you. If someone consistently will not come see me, say, let's go see him together. And I am sure he will see us both and I will do the same to you. Be careful how you interpret me. I'd rather do that. On matters that are unclear, do not feel pressured to interpret my feelings or thought. It is easy to misunderstand intentions. Number six, I will be careful how I interpret you. Number seven, it is confidential. Don't tell. If you or someone else comes to me in confidence, I won't tell unless A, the person is going to harm him or herself, or B, the person is going to physically harm someone else, or C, a child has been physically abused, and I expect you to do the same to me. Number eight, I do not read unsigned letters or notes. I do not manipulate. I will not manipulate. Do not let others manipulate you, and do not let others try to manipulate me through you. And number ten, when in doubt, just say it. I can answer it without misinterpretation something, or I will answer it without misinterpreting something or breaking a confidence. I will. See, those are how you earn respect. When I have issues, individual issues with people, I go directly to them. A while back, I was on a blog of anonymous people that don't sign with their real name anything they write about one of my friends, somebody that I truly do admire. And it hurt me as I saw some of the nasty stuff that they wrote, but yet deep inside, I started getting a, a quenching in my spirit to realize some of these people truly were hurt. They weren't just dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies. They were hurt. And I wanted to find out why. What was causing the issue? Was it my friend? Was it these people? I sought out prayer and counsel and I find out that in both cases people had not in certain situations lived by the golden rule and now relationships were forever severed. John writes, Most people greatly desire respect of the people they work for and when employees give it freely it creates a very positive working environment. One of my dear, dear friends and my personal mentor, Richard Brook, over at 2110. The people admire and they love him inside and out of that company. He sits on the ethics committee at the DSA. He's up there this week working. My, My attorney, Kevin Thompson, same way. It's amazing to me. Men and women that will give of themselves under ethical situations. This last weekend, I was at The Real Savvy Success Conference, Richard and his beautiful bride, Chris, was there and some of their top leaders. What a time as I saw the respect and love that they gave to each other. It was amazing. Number five, I want to be understood. John writes, I once read about a group of teachers who conducted a survey of 2,000 employers asking them to identify... The last three people, they had let go, and what was the reason? What the teachers discovered was that in two out of three cases, the employees lost their job because they could not get along with others. I thought about that for a minute, and I thought of how many people leave network marketing, and they leave it because they can't get along with others. I thought, wow. Somebody else trying to put their agenda, their quota, there's something on them. They don't, they don't try upline, downline, sideline, company, it doesn't matter. They don't live by the golden rule, and because of that, people can't get along. And because people don't have the foundational fortitude to live by the golden rule themselves, they can't get along. Matter of fact, I have found in some cases, when a person starts to live by the golden rule, it will piss other people off because they don't want to live that way, because they have come to... Wallow in their pain and in their anguish and in their hurt and in their in their ego of saying I deserve this I'm a victim. And They become dull, negative, disillusioned crybabies. And now that the internet's here, they run around talking about how big of a scam it is. And really deep inside, if they would just start treating people the way other people want to be treated, we wouldn't have this. Now I got to tell you this. John writes this, and I'm going to talk about it. He says, there is a great difference between knowing and understanding. You can know a lot about something and not really understand it, and the same is true about people. I know a lot of people that think they know a lot of stuff. They do know a lot of stuff about network marketing, but they don't understand it. They know a lot of stuff about people, and they can get up on stage and they can talk about it, but they don't understand people. See, each of us come into this world with our own rose-colored glasses. matter of fact, women come in looking through a pink lens. Men come in looking through a blue lens. Half the time, we can't even communicate with each other. So why do we think we can stand on a stage and communicate what we want to communicate and everybody in the audience is going to get it, understand it, and be a part of it? You want to know what happens? You get a group of people together and a guy on stage or a gal on stage starts talking and And the majority of the people in the audience agree, then you get a flash mob mentality and everybody agrees because nobody wants to be a minority. But yet they walk out and they'll say, I didn't believe that crap. I'm a hypocrite. I'm leaving. I'm getting out. Because the people on stage, the people in the leadership, didn't take time to understand ...or to understand their people. We cannot let that happen to us. Number six, I do not want others to take advantage of me. We all have gone through the I've been screwed syndrome. We don't like that. When it comes to how others treat me more than anything else, I don't want anyone to take advantage of me. That's the bottom line of ethical behavior. It doesn't matter who we are. We're all the same way. It doesn't matter if you're talking about lying to your neighbor or defrauding a big corporation... Any action ultimately impacts individual people for better or for worse. We must not take advantage of other people. These six things right here can change the way you act. can change your company. See, this is why I do not believe there's such thing as business ethics. It's all right down in the core gut. Either you have ethics and character or you don't. Either you want to be seen as a person of ethics and character or you don't. Don't tell me you're a leader. Don't talk to me about leadership qualities. Don't act like that you can do all this stuff. Don't talk about self-promoted published books and all that crap if you're not living it. See, I don't care about a dead hero. I care about living legends. Because living legends go on and on and on because of their ethics. That's why Jesus Christ, 2,000 and some odd years later, can still divide a room just by saying his name. He walked his talk. Are you? If you want your team to grow, if you want your company to grow, then by golly, you better start living by that one small sentence, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You start living that way, you'll put out a quality product, you'll put out a quality comp plan, you'll put out quality leaders, and your company will change history in a positive way. Tomorrow, we will not have a show. Friday, we will not have a show. I will be on the road. Be back here Monday with me. We're going to have an awesome time as we go into Chapter 4, Living a 24-Karat Gold Life. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here next Monday for RealMentorsRadio.com.